Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, the podcast dedicated to navigating these hypersexualized times. And in today's episode, Benji and I unpack your relationship with your ideals. He gives a great testimony of a situation in which he had an anxiety attack very recently and how he dealt with it and how that what he did helped him to get back in alignment with his ideals much more quickly than what we would normally do when we're not allowing ourselves to live in accordance with the high noon way which is the five virtues which is asking for grace which is talking to people through accountability all these things they come up it's a very practical example of how being out of alignment with our ideals even for a short while can really knock us off of the course that we would like to be on in our lives and can give us anxiety and stress health issues all this stuff so it's a great conversation it's one worthy of your time i assure you and if not i will give you your time back i'm working on a time machine actually that comes out in this episode as well time machines patent pending so please, without further ado, join us in our conversation about relationships with your ideals and how important it is to build a healthy, functional relationship with your ideals. Let's go. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody, to the show, everybody. Welcome back. What's good? What's good, Andrew? What is good? Everything is good. That's good. And everything that's bad sucks. sucks. Quote me. Put that on a put that on a sticker. Um, life is good, man. I mean. It's a new year. It's 2024. It's the future. I I think that we're living in the future to such an extent that movies aren't even usually set for this date. The -hmm. future in the past was like 2015 and nothing existed except for maybe the Terminator or stuff like that was like a few years in the. But we're definitely in the future, man. So I just like everything is exciting because we're in the future, doc. We're in the future. Can I ask you a question? Because I don't know if it's just me, if I've played this game, uh, or if this is common. And I guess this is my informal survey where there's two of us. So if you do it, then it's got to be common. Uh, When I'm sick, like really sick, I start to envision what, what my life will be like in the future when I'm not sick. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait for this when I'm not sick. And I always wonder if I could just, like when I was younger, I would say when I was younger, I would try to wish that I could skip the sickness and just go to the future when I'm happy. But what if today's that day? What if I was two seconds ago, seven years old, sick in bed, vomiting, and and now I've just transformed into like this when I'm 107 years old or however old I am? Like imagine this, that was it. That I teleported or whatever to now. Like, yeah. My point is, today could be the day that I've been hoping for because I'm not sick. I'm we're alive in the future. Like, what if, what if, what if this is it? What if this is the thing that we've been waiting for? And we just didn't know because yeah. we were waiting for something even better. That's the human predicament. Is like you could wish for something and get it, and then you don't even stop long enough to appreciate it because now you're already wishing for something else. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got a Ferrari, but I want a plane too. That's that's the human condition right now because of yeah, TikTok. That's the exact situation I'm in right now, by the way, Andrew. <laughs> read my mind. You're from the future. I know. It's crazy. I'm just actually talking well, to. Yes, I 
I know exactly what that's like, Andrew. I think there's a re- kind of a retroactive aspect that I implement for me. I imagine sometimes that I wake up because in the future, it's quite likely that we will have t- time travel. We don't know. You know, when I'm a 90-year-old man, a 100-year-old man, it's likely that we will have time travel. And sometimes I think that if we did, it would make sense that I would visit myself from the future to give mm. to, to embark some impart some wisdom. And so sometimes I wake up and go downstairs and I imagine me sitting at the kitchen table just to have perspective of what that person would feel like to be in this moment with my young sure. kids, my wife who is healthy and not dead, mm-hmm. right? Which I imagine she might be in the future. And just the gratitude that that old man would give anything to be be here in this moment. And that just mm. puts perspective on the current moment for me. So it's it's similar, but it's just That's a, real. kind of, yeah, it's real. So it's it's kind of real because it's like, why not? There might be time travel and it'll probably be very expensive and you could probably not do it very often, right? If it did exist in the future. And so I imagine my old self giving all of his life belongings and money and everything to go on this time travel just to visit yeah. me. And I think about like, what would he want to tell me and what uh-huh. would I ask him? And then it just gives perspective. I do this a lot, actually, just to let you into sure. my mind a little bit. Yeah. No, this is these are good exercises to run, regardless of your perspective, everybody, about time travel. Because I feel like I bought into that wholeheartedly thanks to Back to the Future. It came out when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. And when the hoverboards came out, I'm like, this is obviously going to happen in my lifetime. And I'm still waiting for the hoverboard, by the way. Um, but regardless of, of, your, of the actual time travel, of your physical matter if you believe in spirit then time travel is available 24 7 through prayer you can go to the past you can revisit the past and feel like i used to do this with historical figures in the bible where i'd do a condition where i try to feel what they felt because it's easy to judge them especially the divine principle sometimes frames people as having failed so you're like oh you failure moses abraham what were you thinking this kind of Mm -hmm. stuff but if you really put yourself in their shoes and True Father helped a lot, actually, with people like Moses or like Noah. He Like, what is it like every day to, to go to work on a giant boat? You're not getting paid. Who's making you lunch? Who Are you getting help? Like, there's, And everybody's calling there's you an no idiot. You're like, hey, buddy, how's that boat yeah. going on top of the mountain? For decades and decades and decades. Like, we can't even take a little bit of persecution online. If somebody makes fun of us, we're like, oh, oh my God, it's the end of the world. But imagine like walking to work to build a ship that somehow you feel God told you to make on top of a mountain and everybody's like, there's old crazy Noah again, you know? So to relate to these people is your ability to connect to the essence of their story and that you can go to the past. But like you're saying in the future, I've been stopping more because we have three sons and our youngest is now like five and I can see that he's growing and developing like they've they're all not chubby anymore and so i can see man we don't we're never gonna have a the, we're not having any more kids and I, I can see i'm not gonna have any chubby kids anymore like that's such a cute phase in the first two three years when they're just they have these big bellies and big cheeks and now they're all kind of getting skinny mm. and which is cute and i don't want to change what exists but 
I can see myself stopping and appreciating every phase that he goes through more because it's the last time that I'm going to experience it. So him learning how to read, him like, I don't know, making mistakes and all this stuff. It's, and that's my appreciation for the future more. Like going to the future and be like, you're going to regret it if you don't just stop and appreciate these. And I, it's a tenderness that can only exist if you stop being distracted. That's why this, I think, matters to our, our conversation with you at High Noon is when you stop distracting yourself with social media, with porn, with escaping life, and you can just be present to all the preciousness that exists around you at all time, your future self is just crying with gratitude. I'm like, thank you for stopping long enough to appreciate life because that's the whole point. The end of your life, you're not like, man, I really scrolled Instagram. I'm so glad I used my life for that. That, that is all just the distraction from the reality. Is like, man, I really lived. And as much as I don't like some movies that Pixar makes, the movie Soul at the end of the movie was all about that. That um, twenty-three, the main character, her spark was just enjoying life that she was able to appreciate the small moments of life and that was her spark that was what got her the joy that like helped her to anyway i don't know if you saw the movie but at the end of it it was really just uh exalting the act of stopping and appreciating the little things because that's the richness and those that's the spice of life that makes everything worthwhile is looking around you looking at your couch if you're in a room right now and you're listening like looking at your bed looking at your couch and like i got a couch i got a bed you know my family has lived without a couch we haven't owned a couch since 2015 (laughs) isn't that crazy uh so when i see couches like now we're renting somebody else's house for a bunch of months they have a couch. I'm like, man, we got a couch, yo. And mm. it sounds so stupid because it's like it's a couch. Yeah, yeah. But like, do you know how hard it is we, for the past maybe seven years of our life? Whenever we watch a movie as a family, we watch it on our bellies on a bed staring at my laptop. That's how we're watching movies for years now. And so sitting on a couch watching mm. a movie on a, on a TV in a house that we rent is like a novelty. So everything, just to look at your couch, look yeah. at your shoes, look at the, especially the people. Look at the fact that you have limbs, that you have a brain, that you're alive, that you're well. Is It's all grace. It's all grace. Mm. It's perspective that I don't I, – it's interesting that sometimes maybe it's a deliberate thing we have to do, but I notice it in myself too. Like recently I went to, to Budapest for the workshop, right? Yeah. And yeah. – I had delays, flights. It took about 48 hours to get it to Budapest. I had to stay mm-hmm. overnight in Amsterdam because of the delayed flights, because of snow. And everyone's texting me. My family, the workshop staff uh, in Budapest are like, are you okay? You must be so tired and stressed. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it. And I was like, this is the funnest I've ever had in a long time. <laughs> Being yeah. alone in an airport. Why is that? Because I know what it's like to be with three jet lag kids overnight for yeah. hours and hours and hours in an airport. <laughs> Basically, they turn so into I, terrorists. Yes, so I, they're, they're the terrorists at the airports. Yeah. They're the ones we should look out for. And <laughs> I just I just realized like this all perspective because I've experienced the worst thing I could imagine in an airport and this is just in a vacation. Like I'm loving Absolutely. this. And then it's like, uh, you were talking about sickness, right? Every time mm-hmm. I, sometimes I travel, especially going to Korea for some reason, when I come home, I usually have a flu 
for like a week. And uh, recently I was sick for a few days with the flu. And, you know, Lejito is like, are you okay? My mom's worried about me. And I was like, this is amazing compared to everyone in our family being sick. Over 100 sure. degrees sure. Fahrenheit. Yeah. Temperatures with all the kids, people throwing up all night. This is this is fantastic. It's just me sick, you know. And yeah. that's just perspective. And I, I don't know why I have that. I, it's not really a deliberate thing. It's just it's default, you know. Mm -hmm. um, even Hito has this thing where her threshold of stress and difficulty was STF, Korea. She went to STF in Korea. And just the endless kyungbaes and early mornings and fundraising all day, that's her, mm -hmm. her reference point for really hard. So anytime, like even with kids, to be honest, have giving birth to three children, she will still say like, no, STF was a lot harder, right? <laughs> I'm like, damn, that's, that's so interesting, you know? <laughs> Yeah, reference points. Word to the wise for anybody about to enter a program year. Let's let's go. No, perspective is massive yeah. because yeah. my sense is that humanity's sprinting so fast in one direction that we haven't stopped to gain perspective on where we're at. So a lot of people hold the view that, you know, our our world is running out of control. And if you listen to certain kind of voices in our world, you can come to the conclusion that this is the most difficult time in history, but in all honesty, we have mm. every resource at our disposal to solve any of our problems. The only thing that's getting in the way of that is our own emotional dysfunction and spiritual dysfunction that we're working on. We are, and if you're a part of high noon, then you're part of the solution. Because one thing, I, I was physically having like stomach issues last week. So I went to a pharmacy. They have all these little pharmacies here, just family run, really cute they didn't speak any english okay i walked up to them they were eating dinner on the floor of their own shop they were having soup it was adorable it was a husband and wife mm. i went up to them and i whipped out my phone i took out google translate which is my favorite app right now in the world because it gives me a voice i told them exactly what i'm struggling with what i needed showed it to her she whipped out her phone and she had google translate and we started to connect at a very high level thanks to the internet and technology. And I was like, this is unbelievable. I have a voice now in a country where I don't speak the language and where we can be understood. And at a certain point, she was saying something really elaborate and I looked at the husband and he and I just laughed because we just acknowledged the fact that we're in this wild era when I'm some foreigner in this land and we were just having this great conversation, right? They're talking into our phones and our phones talking to us. So. We have these abilities, but again, that my phone saved my, my physical health, right? Because of this technology. That very same technology I can use to destroy my body, right? Mm. But I used it to heal my body. So perspective is massive. To appreciate the technology that we have and use it according to your ideals. We're going to talk about that today. Um, is really important but it, it can only happen otherwise you're just like oh, i hate my phones phones are evil why does the internet have to exist all this stuff and there have been people who have proactively tried to shut down the internet oh it's just a fad or they we got to get rid of TikTok. or we got all these things can be used for good even TikTok. you know there's there's doctors who give sound advice you know there's also there's a lot of riffraff 99 percent of it is garbage but there are good use cases for every every bit of technology. It's just perspective and how we use it. 
So let's get into yeah, ideals, Benji. Because the we give a talk in our workshops. It's a, one of the few talks that I I can say is is a foundational talk for for our worldview in High Noon, because I can see very clearly how dysfunctional most of our relationships are with our own ideals. So, and this is a religious person problem, but it's also kind of everybody. It's like you, you want something for your life, but maybe you feel like you don't deserve it. Or maybe you feel like you should live a certain way, but your heart doesn't want to. And so you blame the thing. Like, like in terms of religion, there's a lot of people that say, oh, religion is so judgmental and all this. I just want to live. I just want to be me. There's too many rules and all this. And it doesn't mean that religion or these beliefs are necessarily wrong at all. Maybe it's just you've never bought into them because you haven't done that labor or you don't understand the rules or whatever. There's a lot that needs unpacking instead of just saying just believe or just don't believe. There's like there's a lot that goes into understanding your ideals. And so we bring this up in High Noon because with the blessing, it's a very big ideal. We're talking about getting wed to somebody for all of eternity to help to contribute to world peace there's a lot in there there's a lot in there and if you're not up for it it becomes a very heavy weight benji you've worked in the bfd and the bfm subsequently for quite some time and you know that a lot of people grapple with this because like whoa eternity is a long time and world peace is a big heavy topic like and how am I, what happens if I have a dysfunctional marriage? So for everybody out there who's in a blessing or a blessed family that's not ideal, then have you failed and now you just throw away your ideals? Or are the ideals wrong for being there? And why, why do we even strive for world peace? Let's just, let's just take care of ourselves. Like There's so much unpacking that needs to be done in order for us to have a good relationship with our ideals so that they serve their purpose. Because the purpose of an ideal isn't to make you feel guilty, it's to bring out the best in you. So if it's not doing that, it could be your understanding of your ideals, it could be your ideals, and it could just be your participation in this relationship with your ideals. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So Benji true. had we an experience. I want to talk about your experience. Because sure. Benji and I are always taking care of other people, right? It's just something that we love to do and it's also a bifunction of our roles here at High Noon. And, but every once in a while we need to be taken care of because life, we're taking on a lot and sometimes it, it weighs heavy on us. So recently, Benji, you had an experience that you just, we just talked about earlier today that I'd love for you to kind of unpack yeah. um, just to let people in on that. Yeah, it's true. Uh, we do mentor a lot of people every day. We're talking with folks about their emotional state, things they're going through, how to manage emotions and stresses and loneliness and all this stuff, which are normal, natural human emotions. And so for me, it was a few months ago, I was hit with the hardest overwhelm and stress that I've ever experienced. And for many things, piling up on each other, responsibilities, things going on with the kids, responsibilities, uh, we were in the process of buying a house, so it was uh, all that stuff going into that was just some a, a level of stress I had never experienced before. And so it came to the point where I was driving, thinking about this, and then 
my breathing became very shallow. You know, like when you're really just overwhelmed. It's like you just, it's hard I, I to know breathe. It it's harder well. to breathe. You do. Okay. O- overwhelm it's is not, my it's not like, first cousin. <laughs> it's not a pleasant feeling. It's a physiological response to emotions. Yeah. And I, I recognized that and I was like, something's going on because I just stopped breathing for a good 10 seconds. <laughs> I've never experienced it. I don't know if it's a panic attack, anxiety. I don't want to label it because I don't know what it was. But I stopped breathing and I was like, I got to stop. So I stopped the car, pulled over side of the road. And I just sat like by the wheel of my car and just like put my hands in my face. And I was like holding my chest. And I was like, what is going on with me? I don't know what's going on. And so because I've experienced types of stress before, not to this level, but I've experienced stress before and frustration. So I knew I needed to chill and I needed to get some air in my lungs, first of all. So I stood up and I just forced my lungs. I was like, well, I just forced my lungs to expand. And then actually in that moment, I, I identified that this is the moment where I can make a decision to isolate or to connect. Like, this is it. I'm feeling an emotion, which is normal, natural, God-given emotion, stress, sure. This is the moment that people struggle. And I could go to my phone. I thought about it for a second, just like go to YouTube and squash it. Just squash this feeling and ignore it. Just ignore it, numb myself. And then I was like, well, I know better than that, (laughs) right? This is what I teach every day. Like literally every day I'm teaching this stuff. And so I was like, all right. So I took my phone out and I texted my dad. Your phone? What you said, how to use technology to win. I texted yeah. my dad and I said, dad, can we talk? And he said, call me, you know, immediately. He's like, call me. And so I called him and I dumped everything on him. Like a good son. <laughs> just go to him in times of difficulty, like a toilet, flush toilet, which I, I'm sure he appreciates very much. Uh, and then, uh, I just kind of shared everything for like 15 minutes and everything I was feeling. And then, uh, he just listens. He's like this stoic Japanese man. If you can imagine the illustration of a, just a Japanese dad, he's not going to react strongly or he's just like, listen. And, and then he says the thing that he always says when I talk with him, he says, Benji, I'm a hundred percent sure you will figure it out like that. That's what he says. And he says it in a way that I know he means it and not in a yeah. way that I think he's trying to make me feel better or just say something because he doesn't know what to say. <laughs> Sometimes dads do that. There, there, son. He says it, he says it like, yeah, I'm 100% sure you'll be okay. You'll figure it out like that. And uh, I got really emotional the next day, actually, thinking about it. I was very emotional thinking about this conversation, even though it was kind of short and he didn't say much. And the reason I was emotional is number one, because I realized that most men don't have a father that would sit with them and listen and say that to them. I know that most men wouldn't go to their father in their hardest times. In fact, most men would do everything that they can to run away from their father. A lot of men would. And to have a father that I can go to and want to go to in times of trouble, I was grateful for as a privilege to have that. And the second thing I was emotional about is I realized that this is 
how I feel like God feels about all of us, even though maybe we don't all have people like that in our lives, but we all have God. And God is like a parent that will look, listen to you and look at you and be like, I know it's hard. Like, I get it. I've been through this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've been through more than you can imagine. You'll be okay. You know, like that. And For sure. it just brings a lot of like peace of mind to me. And it was like, instantly the the emotions that were unpleasant were dealt with and they kind of vanished or evaporated to the point where i was like oh i could have went down this route route used my phone for destructive things but mm -hmm. i used it for i'm gonna call my dad in the moment and so i think the trap many people fall on especially in the high noon world is they they get stuck when they label the emotion as bad they say i'm stressed so it's wrong i'm bored sure. and it's wrong how can I not be bored? So they start filling their lives with more stuff. I'm just gonna play more video games so that I'm not triggered to watch porn. <laughs> That's what people do. It's like, it's late into the night, I'm bored, I'm just gonna play video games until I fall asleep. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Replace one addiction with another. And so, yeah. but I, I'm wise enough to know like, this is not a bad emotion. This is a natural culmination of life experiences that I've never experienced before. And it's reasonable that I've never had this amount of stress and I, and I don't yet know how to bench press this amount of weight. I don't learn, I haven't learned that skill yet. And through this experience is like, I can bench press a little more in terms of stress, overwhelm, dealing with life. And now I'm in a place where I'm like a 300 pound bench presser, I think, somewhere around there, you know, <laughs> metaphorically speaking. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was the big takeaway is that it's not a, emotion I want to label as bad or evil or wrong. It's just like, this is an emotion and how am I going to respond to this? How, how am I going to use this, this feeling to destroy myself or to direct it, to change, to grow and to develop myself? Hey, just a quick interruption to tell you about the 40 day high noon challenge. If you're trying to find a way to start living a high noon life today with no shadows and create a radiant blessing, then this simple challenge is for you. We will send you daily lessons from our team that will keep you motivated on your journey. It's totally free guys, and you'll get constant content directly to you. Just sign up today at highnoon.org slash challenge. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, it's very true that very few people have that resource. So it is great to talk to God um, and it's a massive part of the process. But when somebody's really emotionless, I, I find that it's really hard for myself and for a lot of people to jump from a frenetic state, like a really intense negative emotion or powerful emotion, um, to resolving it through prayer. For me, prayer is a much more valuable resource for reflecting and understanding stuff and communicating after the dust has settled a little bit. And while I'm in the emotion, I typically need to plug my nervous system into something calmer. Because like you're experiencing, and I'm sure everybody out there has experienced overwhelm. It's like your body is, you have too many inputs. There's too much information coming into your body that it can't process it. So it starts to, you stop breathing well, you have short breaths. And what's happening is your brain is moving too fast, it's causing you to breathe faster, 
and it starts to freak out your body. Your body's like, oh my God, we must be in trouble. So that sends signals back up to your brain that something bad is happening. And now you create this cycle where you start to think of worse things. Your body starts freaking out more. And now you're panicking. This is a panic attack. And there's such value in, in if you could touch somebody in that moment who's incredibly calm and, and, and stable in that calmness, your nervous system will start to turn into their nervous system. It'll regulate, like their heartbeat will regulate your heartbeat because it's just like, okay, shh. You don't even have to say anything, but just touching them is like, shh. And if you don't have that, talking to somebody like your dad that you did, who is in that calm state can help to regulate you. It calms your mind down a little bit because you're getting it all out. It's just running around in circles and you're letting those things run out. like. A bunch of monkeys in your brain running around wreaking havoc. You let them run. And then your dad, you know, he was in a good state to hear it, take it all, and then it just calms you down. Uh, but it also then mm. gives you an opportunity to catch up with yourself and to breathe, and that calms your body down. And so it's like this very cathartic process. Um, yeah. So to have that, in terms of like ideals, the five virtues like I really I'm seeing everything through the five virtues more now like you needed accountability for your emotions in that time you needed to experience grace through accountability so you could go back to being in, in, in integrity with the man that you want to be right so accountability is you reached out to your dad and said dad I, I'm feeling overwhelmed that's accountability at a very beautiful natural level your dad offers you the experience of grace. Hey, it's going to be okay. And he means it. You feel that he means it. And now you're back to the man that you want to be. That's integrity. So this cycle is like you know, so natural. And I think when we explain the five virtues, it's usually through pornography, addiction, or whatever. But this is just day-to-day -day five virtue practice to help you yeah. live according to your ideals. Yeah, and just make a pin in relation to porn. That's when people go to porn, is when they're yeah. feeling these emotions and they have a decision yeah. to make. Yeah. Do I connect? Do I isolate? And so the way to use accountability partners, as you were saying, as I did, is way before it becomes an issue. It's like yeah. as soon as you notice the emotions flare up and the tendencies, usually I'm stressed or bored or lonely, that's where I go to porn or masturbation. That's where you address it. That's when you count your kind of you call your accountability partner before you jump off a cliff. <laughs> but yeah. but usually people do is they drive to the edge of the cliff, climb the ladder, get you know open the door to the roof, and they get on the edge, and then they call their accountability partner. And say, hey, I'm about to jump off a cliff, or they already do and they're on the way down. You know, it's like it's way too late by then. I love the fact that your cliff has a roof. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I know, you, I know, I know, I know, I know that imagery is not. That's it just felt like it was a Looney Tunes analogy where somebody walks into a mountain, climbs up the stairs inside the mountain. But I get you, Bugs I get Bunny. you. Yeah, I get you. No, because the cliff, the metaphorical cliff that you're talking about is, um, hey, I haven't taken care of myself up until the point where I'm really about to bust. Um, can you fix me? And it's like the accountability mm -hmm. partner can definitely, you can plug into some of them when you're in that state, but you actually, when you're in that level of agitation, let's say you're really on the brink of watching porn. There's 
the majority of you does not want to hear what that person has to say. You're doing it out of some semblance that your conscience has some, some say, like they have 1% share in this decision that's being made. But typically when you've gone that far, you've already kind of made the decision subconsciously that you're going to do this. So I think that's what Benji's saying is like before you've made that decision. So in the case of porn, before you're, you're, you're loading the website and you've typed the name of the website in and you're about to press enter, before all that, it's like, oh, I'm starting to feel really angry. That's when you reach out. Before the anger turns into scrolling and before the scrolling turns into uh, whatever the next phase is and bef you know, before all this, it's yeah. learning about your emotions and saying, wow, I, I need to talk to somebody about this emotion. Because again, and we're going to get into this next week with Gene Honeycutt, um, it's that emotion is trying to tell you something, actually. Here's the thing. It's not about not watching porn. Like, that's a good start. It's a fantastic start. And for most of you, it's a life-changing start, right? But even if you don't reach out and watch porn, it's like, well, what? why are you so angry right now? Let's say you have a habit of fighting with somebody in your life and every time you get into a conversation, you just get so frustrated, you don't know what to do and you start scrolling. This is really good information. Why does that person make you so angry? What is it about them? What is it about your understanding of them? It's like to understand yourself at that level, that's the gift that we're trying to offer you by doing this work. Because a person who knows themselves can control their destiny and a person who doesn't is controlled by their unconscious like lower self that just will guide you towards porn because you just don't know what's going on right it's a little kid who's really scared I know some little kids and I'm not gonna say that they're one of my sons because I don't want to call them out who has this crazy unnatural fear of the dark and even yesterday this random kid who happened to live in my house who may or may not be my son um, we were all in the living room, which is connected to the kitchen. You can see it. The living room was well lit. Kitchen was dark. He just went to go wash his hands. And when he came back, he started screaming and running into the room. Right? And it's this complete irrational fear that I was like, bro, what's going on with that? Uh, that's worth unpacking. Because if, it, yeah, you know, mm. it's worth him understanding. Like, what do you actually, I keep on, what do you think is going to happen? We're right here. Right, But that's we have a little kid inside of us that knows that we should call our boss, that knows we should talk to our parents, that knows we should talk to our spouse, that has some difficult thing to do, knows we should do our homework. And that homework is like the darkness that we want to run away screaming from because it scares us for some reason. Understand that and you can understand yourself, understand yourself. Now you're making some great decisions. You cannot make good decisions if you don't know, if you don't have the information to make good decisions. That information is understanding your emotional self. Right? So, yep. did you understand your over? At what point did you understand your overwhelm in this particular situation? Like, did it take, you talked to your dad and that helped to calm you down, but the next day you mm -hmm. felt a huge surge of emotion. Did you understand your overwhelm more after that or like what did it take for you to understand what was causing this overwhelm i think when when i was in a state of overwhelm and stress it was f feeling out of alignment with i want to say grace and god's love mm. 
according to principally, principally speaking, the way we're supposed to live is that we're in a constant state of feeling got. And I believe it is the greatest tragedy in history is that it's, we just don't feel that. Mm. And when we tap into that, that grace, it's like we can see ourselves clearly because without it, we are deprived of a single thing that is arguably the most important thing in life. If you consider spirit world and what we breathe there, it's like, are we experiencing connection, right? And when we're lacking that ingredient, everything's painful. Every little touch is like we're sunburned constantly and everything is painful, every little tap. And I think I was just in a place where I was sunburned. I was not receiving grace or connection much from people yeah. at that point at that point I've gone in probably a while without talking to my dad and not really practicing the five virtues of being honest and about myself and truthful to myself and having courage and so mm -hmm. when you go long enough without it you start to question if you're even worthy of love you start to question if you're worthy of that grace if God is even real God loves you we know intellectually but do yeah, we feel yeah. it it's a different yeah. thing everybody do knows intellectually that's so it? resonance, you're talking about resonance because when you're really in the same vibration as God, it, it resonates in like how you feel, right? There's like a, and I hate using this terminology to be honest, like even when I hear other people <laughs> using vibrations and resonance, but a really practical thing that I just learned this week. So, you know, I live, mm -hmm. we're living in Vietnam, right? And in our neighborhood, we have a bunch of rats that are just every like i've seen one since we've been recording our podcast through my window it's daytime and they're just really arrogant like i swear to god they wear top hats and they smoke cigarettes they're just very unabashed about being a rat typically rats try to be ratty in the dark out here they're just walking around they're strutting they have fashionable clothing you know like they're just everywhere <clears throat> And so my wife, we were watching a movie on our couch. Shout out to the couch. Last weekend, uh, we have movie night. And my wife was like, oh, I just saw a rat poke its little head up. So it walked up the stairs in our house. And I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> so I got really uppity about this. And I started doing research because I just had this inclination. Wow. It, I, was, I had an inclination that there's a resonance a frequency that rats don't like and there's probably some type of product so I did research and we bought this thing that we just plugged in yesterday and what it does is it vibrates a frequency that makes um, mosquitoes rats bats all varieties of kind of lower flies it makes their nervous system so uncomfortable that they vacate the space and it has like a uh, a huge range, like the entire floor. And so we plugged it in yesterday and I was like very skeptical, but it had a lot of reviews on the, on the site that we bought it. So we, we bought it. And then later in the day, I was like, is it working? And my wife is like, we have no, uh, what are they, fruit flies? Because we have a bunch of fruits out here and we always have fruit flies. And like, they all left. And we noticed all of the mosquitoes left our house. And it's a tall house and they have a lot, we didn't see any. And I was like, oh my God, there's a actual frequency that makes them agitated so they don't want to be there. There's something about their nervous system that says, oh, this is not our place. We do not belong here and they leave. We get into that frequency. It's a frequency of dissonance through social media. It's been proven. It makes you agitated. It's very chaotic. 
when we hang out with the wrong people, when we have the wrong thoughts, it agitates us and it messes with our nervous system and we want to escape. Just like those mosquitoes wanted to escape our house and they did, they ran away. We want to run away from our life when we're in a bad frequency. And these, this is like a real thing, guys. And, uh, but for us, it's emotional and spiritual as well. And that frequency that Benji was talking about is he was in a frequency of discord and chaos by focusing his energy and his emotion on all of the problems and those problems grew and grew until it threw him way off balance to where his body started to believe that it was dying. That's what a panic attack is. Your body thinks that it's dying. Um, your heart rate just skyrockets because it's like, here we go, here we go, this is it, right? We're going to die. So this all happens at an emotional level. And if you can see yourself, oh man, my, I'm... I'm starting to go offline here. I'm starting to freak out. I'm starting to get angry. I'm starting to get depressed. These are all frequencies. You gotta change the channel and learn how to vibrate at the frequency of God, which you have to find your way. Hunduke mm -hmm. for a lot of people rebalances them. For me, I cannot read Hunduke when I'm in a bad state because it's just going into my brain that's just super angry or confused or whatever. So I have to breathe, ideally get into nature, calm myself down and then pray about it i have to first calm myself and then pray about it so everybody has their own route and you have to figure this out but for benji a huge part of it was connecting to his papa and that how beautiful is that how natural is that and for little kids they're meant to actually hug their parents and their parents heart rate is supposed to regulate their kids heart so that they feel everything's going to be okay because my mommy's touching me or my daddy's touching me like so if you can get that from God, great. There's just so many ways of getting there. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And it's really a matter yes. of frequency. Yeah, I do. And when I came out of that ordeal for the first time in my life, I felt like I just saw clearly like what was going on. I felt grace, frequency of God and love. Mm. And then it was like, oh, that's what was going on. You know, yeah. it just felt like I was in a jungle and I was lost. And then all I had to do was take a step out of the jungle. And then I'm like, why was I even in the jungle in the first place? It's stupid, right? It's like, yeah. all I have to do is go this way and take this road. And then uh, I just want to make a clarifying point. I think that some people listening will take the wrong conclusion and say that, oh, it's good because Benji has somebody to talk to. He has a father that would listen. That's the wrong conclusion here. I'll say that for two reasons. Number one, my relationship with my father developed over years. All right. He's not flawless. He is not a great, well, like, I don't want to say that. He's not a perfect dad, right? He is Jeez. the dad that he is. He is <laughs> okay. the dad that he is. And I deliberately was like, when I first started like trying to develop my relationship with my dad, I had all these reasons why, oh, he's Japanese. He doesn't, you know, have good, good give and take. He's not, whatever. And then I was like, screw that. Like, those are all stories. I'm going to make the relationship with my dad that I want. And I just decided that. I'm going to make it what I want. And then I did that every week. I met with him. In the beginning, it was like weird to like call him and be like, hey, can we talk? It's not something that I did right with him. But sure. I made this relationship. I'm just saying that because you can do this with anybody. Not yep. parent, yep. uncle figure, aunt figure, pastor, whoever. You can develop a relationship yep. where you have give yep. and take. We just feel love with each other. Absolutely. And I also want to point to the fact that even if you do have terrible parents, or you think you do, 
whatever. Your perception is that your parents don't love you and you can't talk to them about this stuff. Let's say that for a second. Then find someone else. <laughs> like God sure. gave us relationships so that we can feel God through them. God gave yeah. us every realm of heart so we can speak, experience God in different ways. That's why people, we have people. Join a freaking high noon program for goodness sake. <laughs> That's what we're yeah. doing. We're helping you guys practice the five virtues every, every week in our groups. And we give mentors, right? For that very reason. Mentor. You can literally yeah. have calls with them and, and text them every day how you're doing. Leave voice messages. Like, I'm saying this because the solution for everyone's difficulty is so stupid simple. It's like widen your support system and deepen your support system. Mm -hmm. Widen meaning more people and deepening meaning deeper relationships with those people. And if you do that, it's it's really as simple as access, tapping into the relationships we already have. You don't have to yeah. find like a course online of like how to make good relationships. Like just tap the relationships if you have. You have people, everyone does. Sure. <laughs> and if you don't have anyone, do what Andrew does and just go pray and meditate and it'll solve all your problems. No, that calms you down. So do. There's a billion better things, yeah. One th an important thing to understand in terms of the framework of when you're feeling a strong emotion, when it is illegal to drink and drive because when you are drunk or when you've been drinking, you don't you lose your motor skills. You can't function. Your reaction time is way off. You can't see straight. There's everything's kind of messed up. You're discombobulated. They've found that the exact same thing is true when you're heavily emotional, especially strong emotions like anger. You cannot think straight. The reason being, all of the blood that should be in your brain is now in your heart because your heart is perceiving this threat as a, an emergency and it has allocated the fight or flight response, not the think response, not thinking logically. So you're not thinking when you're strongly emotional. So you need, like if you're drinking, then what do you need? You need a designated driver, right? And in this case, if you're emotioning, you need an emotional driver, somebody that you can plug into that's not steeped in that emotion so that you can think logically through them and re rebalance yourself through them. This is just basic life stuff that we don't have in place because we're living very much out of, out of balance with nature. So you need somebody to talk to when you are emotional as much as possible because they will be able to gain the perspective that you've lost since you've been stuck in that emotion. You're drunk on that emotion. You cannot make good decisions while you're in that emotion. That's why for me, like I really do try, if I'm, if I'm noticing a pattern of some emotion that I do dissipate that through breath work, through regulating, and I don't make any decisions because I'm, if I'm really angry, I'm gonna say something stupid. I'm gonna do something regrettable. So before making any life decisions while I'm in that state, I stop being in that state first and then I make decisions. And reaching out to somebody to give you their perspective of the scenario really, really helps, especially somebody that you trust and love. So yeah, it's it really is drinking and driving and it's the same thing as emotioning and living. Like you need a, you need a designated uh, person to help you while you're drunk on that emotion and you are. You're not making good decisions while you're super depressed or super angry or anxious. 
think about that. Anxiety is most of our default states these days because of the way the world is or the way we perceive it to be. And we're making bad decisions. That's just creating more anxiety. And now we have politicians and we have teachers and we have all these people who are making decisions based on anxiety. So we have now an anxious culture. So the only way to unplug from that is to first unplug from that anxiety. Then you'll make rational decisions, good decisions that will make your life better instead of worse. And you can contribute to the betterment of this world. Dang, bro. So... We're on that path. High Noon will help you if you're up for it. It's all about those five virtues and living in alignment with your ideals. I would say that your ideals are like your North Star goal and those five virtues are like the the kind of landmarks that help you kind of move forward because if you go off track like Benji, he started to go off track. His body paid the price. He had an anxiety attack. His talk to his dad goes right dr- back on I track. Driving and drink. I was drunk and driving. He's Medical. drunk on anxiety and overwhelm, and he yeah. pulled over. You said you pulled over, right? Because you can't mm-hmm. drive while you're freaking out and having a panic attack. So the metaphor is very apt. Anyway, guys, awesome. end, of the, end of the thing, we keep on saying, guys and gals, I want to be inclusive here. Um, please understand that nothing is resolved by yourself. Everything is done together with God together with your higher self and together with other people that's where we're leading all people back to and so please reach out to somebody if you really don't have parents that you can talk to reach out to an enter an uncle in your community somebody that you know and trust and if you really don't have them reach out to us and we're happy to talk to you and we will always get back to you for the last last resort for people we should be we should be you know but we're happy to do it if you really don't have anything else but ideally we're not a sustainable option ideally it's somebody naturally who's in your life that's where well, the we richness teach, lies. We can show you how to access people in your life. I think that's what we sure. do in our programs. You know, we teach you that it's possible and give you the tools to utilize the five virtues within the life and the people around you. So I think it should be a first option. Like everyone should just be like, yeah, high noon. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, I don't want to rank options. We are an option. Let us be one of your options. And we're always yeah, happy to true. be wherever on the list you want to put us. We're happy to be there. We like being on lists. Just not hate, hate, hate lists. You can take us off those. Um, but anyway, I think I think that's about it for today. Well, I, I would like to unpack this, uh, your relationship with your ideal more. I think there's so much mm-hmm. there. And so we will revisit it at some point. But thanks for sharing with us, Benji, for getting vulnerable with us. And thanks, everybody, right. for listening. And we'll see you when we see you. Peace. What's bye? Hey, did you know that our team wants to do more events? Well, if you want to bring the High Noon message to your community or group, then let us know and we'll try to work something out. There's a simple application that you can fill out right now at highnoon.org invite. And one of our team members will get back to you to see what's possible. That's highnoon.org invite. All right, see you in the next episode.